Let's bring in our panel to discuss all things semiconductors. Caleb Silvers with us, editor-in-chief of Investopedia, and Daniel Rubino, executive editor of Windows Central. Thank you both for being with us. Caleb, I know you were focusing, obviously, on a continued story, and that is the shortages that we've seen in the chips and how they've been impacting the auto industry in particular. Caleb? Absolutely. Great to be with you as always. And the auto industry is probably suffering the most or at least being the loudest about this. It's saying that it could cost up to $450 billion this year. About $225 billion of that is in sales alone because they're not able to manufacture enough cars. They're waiting for chips to come in. And you know, the modern car uses at least three to 400 chips in it today. So that's a big issue weighing on the auto industry. We saw Toyota actually delaying or halting production in 14 plants. That's the world's largest automaker. Just in in the past few weeks, you know the story with Ford, you know the story with GM and Volkswagen, every car maker suffering from a lack of chips. That's going to hurt sales this year, probably into next year. And Intel now warning this is a problem that goes all the way until 2023. 300 to 400 chips. It's amazing how much is used into an auto um, in the world of chips. Daniel, I know you're watching everything that Caleb was talking about. Crypto is also under pressure from China. How does NVIDIA fit into that? Yeah, great question. Thanks for having me. Uh, so, you know, NVIDIA is getting hit here this week with its stock. I think it's an overreaction. Only about 2.7% of NVIDIA's revenue and profits come from this crypto stuff. And they've done a very good job of sort of siloing off crypto from their other main businesses. So I think this is a blip. Crypto itself is always a risky market to be investing in, but I don't think this is going to be a negative long-term impact on NVIDIA, who just looks like it has a really, really good track record for things going forward. You know, the CEO, Jensen Wong, has been talking about the metaverse, which is kind of the latest buzzword that's going on. It's still years away, but if it holds true, he says its economy will be bigger than the real-world economy. So this is all like virtual world, virtual meetings where people have avatars. It's very futuristic stuff, but it is slowly happening. And, you know, NVIDIA will be, you know, positioned appropriately for this market when it comes. So I think you got to look at NVIDIA as a very long term investment. Don't worry about this crypto stuff. They can withstand it. It doesn't really affect their bottom line that much at all. Right. And Caleb, next week we're going to be getting Micron, right? I, I know you're both focused on this. Your thoughts on Micron or expectations as Micron is coming out with numbers and the group as a whole? Yeah, well, if you look at Micron, if you look at all of the makers, uh, they've been under pressure because nobody knows when this supply-demand imbalance is going to end. But I think expectations for high Micron, of course, very widely held. I like to look across the equipment makers, sort of the picks and shovels of the semiconductor industry, because that's where you're seeing a lot of really interesting activity in terms of the share prices. I look at companies like Taiwan Semiconductor. They have the ability to expand manufacturing. One of the biggest players out there, applied materials, obviously, too, very widely held, outperforming all the ETFs, all the big uh, semiconductor ETFs, whether if you're looking at SOX or you're looking at the VanEck Semiconductor Index, LAM Research as well, equipment um, processing uh, around the edges of the semiconductor manufacturing industry, not the chip makers themselves, but those that are supplying the key equipment uh, and then uh, Integris. A few of these are outperforming the, e the big ETFs. So that's where you're seeing the activity in the large caps around chip making. The big chip makers themselves, like an NVIDIA, like a Micron, always susceptible to headline risk because those are the companies people first think of, but it's the, it's the companies that are making the gear that make semiconductors that are the most interesting right now to me.
Right, and that's why people have to cherry pick sometimes within the sector. Daniel Rubino, tell me more about um, your thoughts on Micron or maybe some other names. Do you have some that you like more than others based on what they're doing? Yeah, so Micron's an interesting position. They're suffering not from the lack of uh, demand for their product. It's because upchain, those companies that demand their product can't ship enough because of other issues related to Intel, AMD, and NVIDIA being unable to mass produce those chips enough to ship those PCs. So it's not that they're, I think they're going to be fine, but they're a little overvalued right now if you have the stock worth holding on to. I would hold off maybe on investing in them right now. I expect that stock to probably drop a little bit more, but long term, I think they're in a fine position. And I like Caleb's analysis here. I agree. Going down chain is where the excitement is right now because this is a long process to actually get to the chips themselves and then the chips to the manufacturers. Microsoft just announced new Surface products this week, all based on Intel. So Intel is doing well there, but Intel has its own chip problems. I should mention, though, literally today they just broke ground on their $20 billion investment for new factories here in Texas. So that's going to be a big deal, but we won't see that for a couple of years. So Intel, AMD will still be struggling here. Downchain is definitely where the excitement is going to be happening and where we're going to have to start to see a lot of movement before all this bottoms out. And uh, hopefully sometime mid-2022, though, we're going to, I think we're going to be with this for a very long time. Daniel, when you talked about Intel, right, and finally breaking ground there, I feel like I just need to say finally, finally, yes. because they postponed, they lost market share. Um, Intel's had, even though it's a great company and people have spoken so highly about it, just a little behind. So finally, they're getting that they're moving forward with that. Caleb, I wanted to turn our viewers' attention to your investor anxiety index. What is it that's moving it now? What is it that's catching your eye within that chart? Well, this week it piped up a little bit for the first time in a long time. Investors have been very, very quiet watching this market sort of, uh, you know, go uh, flat for the last several weeks. And we haven't had a lot of anxiety in a very long time. But recently it piped up, obviously, because of the Evergrande uh, issue out of China. And then we had a lot of folks looking up things like, well, how did Lehman Brothers collapse? Um, what is contagion? So folks were worried about the, the spillover effect of Evergrande's potential debt default. That raised anxiety a little bit. But by and large, investors are still pretty bullish and not that anxious quite yet. We did see those numbers move a little bit this week. But I'm very surprised at how quiet it's been. And I'm very surprised that the volatility we saw at the beginning of the week hasn't stuck around yet. Usually this is the most volatile time of year. It gets even scarier as we get into October and the October effect and Halloween and everything else. So it's been pretty quiet, but you know, investors are kind of on edge a little bit, but they've, they've been sitting on 15% gains, 15 to 20% gains all year. So it's been a pretty good year despite the anxiety and about yeah. a thousand reasons to sell. I can't believe it when you say how, and this people are talking about it, right? Is this Lehman Brothers? No, it's not Lehman Brothers. Should we draw parallels? What's going on with Evergrande and, and Jay Powell says, no, you shouldn't draw parallels. At the same time, people are still worried about contagion. And that's why they're looking that up. I mean, it, it just, it's real. When you talk to investors, they're still sort of secretly thinking it. So um, I did, I think that did bring jitters. A quick final thought, Daniel Rubino, on anything that we're discussing here. 
I'm very interested this fall into the holiday season, what we get on store shelves. Can PCs, Xbox, gaming, will they be available for consumers to purchase? How is this going to affect the holiday season? You know, Microsoft already gave uh, investment advice last quarter saying it's going to be tight. We're going to have problems shipping. I expect that from some other companies, too. How that manifests into actual holiday shopping for consumer products is one to watch. I'm a little worried about it. Hopefully it pulls through, though. Yeah, and then when you have a hot product, uh, you know, people are, you know, battling it out in the parking lot for the best Xbox right. or something. Um, hopefully exactly. they have plenty of whatever it is, is the hot thing from the Cabbage Patch dolls to now. Thank you both. Daniel Rubino, Caleb Silver, Caleb Silver of Investopedia and Daniel Rubino of Windows Central. Thank you.